1: Welcome to Habits You Love a thought-provoking podcast about self-love, self-healing, and spiritual evolution. I'm Kayla Fazio, the host, and I take you on the journey of my own trauma healing and share real, raw, and authentic life situations. My mission is to expand your mind to what you think is possible for you and provoke thoughts of looking at your own healing you may need and help you discover the power you have within you to start a self-healing journey, build healthy habits, and create a life you love. If you haven't already, click the follow button and leave a review. Also, check out my website, HabitsYouLove.com, where you can find even more resources, healing practices, and support. Now, let's get to the episode. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Habits You Love. This is a slightly impromptu episode I'm throwing in here um just in the light of last week's news that broke I'm sure most of you guys heard about the dancer I don't know if he was an actor, dancer, actor, influencer, quasi celebrity I guess, DJ, you know, the news of him taking his own life. So this is already a topic that I think is not talked about enough and I actually have my guest on today, Tyler, my boyfriend. I obviously thought it was important to bring a man on to talk about this topic. It's just not something that, you know, everyone can comprehend. Like, I'm a woman. I don't know what all goes on in a man's mind sometimes or, you know, what men go through being raised and the expectations and standards that they are set with. So, I mean, this episode is going to be called the stigma and shame around men's mental health, because I do think it isn't as widely talked about as women's feelings or women's emotions, um, So we're kind of just doing this impromptu dialogue. Honestly, it's not really planned out. We kind of just sat there. We're talking about it. And I was like, let's get let's get on the mic. So, yeah. So welcome, Tyler. Thank you. You haven't been on since we did um, our relationship episode. Mm hmm. I'll link that episode in the show notes just because I think it's good and, and fun. Um, that was how to bring your best self to a relationship. So we kind of talked about just stuff that we've gone through and we've been together two years this month. So just everything we've experienced and how we've grown and everything, but there's just a lot going on and especially in your life, Tyler. So I don't you know, know how much you want to divulge there, but... I did want to bring him on and just talk this out, like talk about why men tend to feel like they need to uphold to this certain standards. And also, I, I, I feel comfortable bringing you on because you're actually one of the few, if not the only man that I know that is very aware. You're very self-aware. You have most of the time have your emotions, yeah. <laughs> you know, in check. You're very calm and patient, and you're just one of the most like grounded people and centered people that I know, especially for a man. So I feel very lucky to have you because I've definitely not had that in the past. Um, Yeah, and uh, so I thought it'd be a good conversation to have because obviously we both will always have a lot to learn. But I think you're in a position where you've done a lot of work on yourself. And you can so you can talk about it as opposed to talking about it from a perspective of never having done the work on yourself. Um, so yeah, so we're just going to have a discussion and just get your thoughts and opinion about like, why do you think there is such a stigma and shame around men's mental health, why they don't open up why it always tends to like be this drastic, falling out, or in this case, someone taking their life. Why and how do you think it gets to that point?
0: Well, I think first off, you know, the reason why we're doing this podcast is because the recent events from uh, Twitch, from the Ellen show, taking his own life it kind of not triggered me, but it just, it was so out of left field. Here it is. You see this Man, who's a beautiful guy. He's um, laughing. He's joking. He's dancing. It's like on the outside, he looks like kind of what every other man would want to be. You know, he's part of a a big television show. He's got beautiful kids and a wife, and it all looks good on the outside. But on the inside, he's obviously hurt. He was hurt so much that he thought taking his life might be the only way out. And I think as as men, we, um, you know, have a lot of responsibilities. And whenever you have that much responsibility and pressure, sometimes you leave out yourself and you, you tend to forget about yourself and how important it is for you to be centered first. You know, once you are centered first, then it allows everybody else around you, they receive the benefits from that. So, yeah, so for me, it was just... Um, just what you've been through with your life, with you losing your mom and, and how that happened, it's um it really goes to show that like it, this can happen, you know, to anybody, to anyone. Nobody is um too good that they don't have mental issues or we, we all sometimes have negative self talk and I think the way to get around that or to get away from that is obviously to seek help. Like we all need help with something. Like they say, Tiger Woods even has a swing coach and even coaches have coaches. And I think that's important because that keeps you accountable. It um, allows you to have feedback from somebody else that may be a professional. And I think as men, it kind of starts off young when you're a little kid. And like we were talking about uh, when a boy falls down and scrapes his leg, what, what does the dad do? He's like, get up. You know, you're all right. Brush that off. You're good.
1: Don't cry. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't want to see any tears or...
0: Yeah, just, you know, <laughs> brush it off and you're all right. Instead of maybe getting the comfort, the comfort first and the compassion, which should probably come first before, you know, before the dust it off and, and walk it off and all that. Um, so compassion, I think, is a huge one. You need to really, in the family setting, compassion towards boys uh, is, is important and allowing your boys or or men to to even seek help or to ask for help that's a big thing
1: yeah i mean what you were saying at the beginning when you were like saying how you need to take care of yourself first and everyone else will kind of be better off for it i think that that could go for males or females i think men and women both have a lot of responsibility as in a family setting but in totally different ways like the moms feel pressure from Making sure everyone else is taken care of first. The kids, the laundry, the cooking, the cleaning, the husband, whatever. And then they're like, okay, what's left for me? But then same for men. It's like, okay, like you were saying earlier, they feel the pressure of providing for the family. So then that becomes work and
0: um, what else? Work. (laughs) Work now, work, work. finances, just helping your significant with whatever Mm -hmm. it is that they need. Helping your children with whatever they need. And so you're... kind of you get pushed to the side and you're uh you get put last sometimes in those situations so
1: but i think the same goes for women i think there's two circles you know and then in the middle they should be overlapping and in the middle of those two circles it should be like the communication the vulnerability the um seeking help the uh yeah just opening up not being ashamed in both scenarios i truly believe that the best thing you can do is be selfish waking up before your kids like you come first that literal it's like the first thing you do should be you in the morning and then it's kind of the same with like when things start adding up or building up it's like how do you handle that how do you start to say no and setting those boundaries like listen I I wish I could do everything that everyone's asking me to do but I have to say no to this thing for my mental health. So I just think not letting things get so out of hand and so far off track is also a way to take care of yourself too.
0: Not that I know exactly his situation or what what was was going on, but I think some important tools that you can utilize in order to help some of these things is like you said, uh, wake up early, like your wake up time. Um, If you're sleeping in all the time, then you're sleeping in and you're you're sleeping too much. I, I feel like there was a time when I was like depressed and sad and I, I felt like sleeping was better than being awake and that and that sounds horrible, but I'm sure a lot of people are in that position and I don't look up to too many men like to be honest with you. I only have like maybe a handful of guys that I really like admire and admire how they conduct their lives and one of the big things that these guys do they wake up super early in the morning and they meditate or they journal or they go for a walk and the reason why that is so important is because usually typically the, the whole household is asleep. And when you're awake and you're in your thoughts like sometimes we wake up with these uh, and we're like inherently negative thinkers and to wake up early and to like um, tame that negative self-talk whether it's meditation exercise you know however you do it that is like that's putting yourself first and while your family is asleep you are taking care of you so then By the time you're done with your journaling, your meditation, whatever it is, your coffee, you know, once you're done with that, then you have time the rest of the day for your family. And then your family is obviously a number one priority. But taking care of your first and settling that negative self-talk is a huge way to start your day. And also, I think um, gratitude, you know, I think gratitude is honestly one of these secrets to life. I think if you can be grateful for what you have and grateful from where you've come and grateful for where you're heading, that is like a huge step in the right direction. So gratitude is everything, especially, uh, yeah, just uh, noticing that gratitude in the morning and being appreciative in the mornings and it'll kind of set the tone the rest of your day.
1: Do you think there is more pressure on men or women when it comes to raising a family?
0: Oh, I think it's totally equal. I mean, it's the yin and the yang. Yeah, I think that's kind of a, a hard question because from a man's standpoint, I could sit here and go, oh, well, it's way harder for us. We we got to provide and we got to do, but it's not. It's not. It's, um, it's completely equal. That's what a relationship is. Um, like I said, it's the, it's the yin and the yang. It's the chaos and order. And women have to hold the baby for, you know, nine months before they have a baby. A guy doesn't have to do that. We don't have any pressure. You know, a woman might want to have a drink. A woman might want to smoke. She might want to do all these things. When she's pregnant, she can't have any, you know, not supposed to have any of those vices. while a man can just get away with whatever he wants to get away with. Um, so women have a lot of decisions that they have to make on their own sometimes maybe you know let's say they're having a baby or their baby's daddy isn't in in the picture like it's a it's a huge thing for so i I would say it's equal i wouldn't say men have more pressure or women have more pressure i would say there's a time and a place for everything and i think that sometimes it's the man's job and sometimes it's a woman's job and sometimes it's both so i think the pressure is on both ends it's the ability to know when is the time like i don't know the time
1: to switch roles or is that what you mean not even like switch
0: roles i just think there's pressure sometimes (laughs) towards a guy and sometimes there's pressure towards you know the girls and
1: so it's kind of just like being aware of when so say the woman's fuel tank is low right it's like note of being able to notice like all right she needs Help. She needs me to kind of fill it back up for her. Yeah, absolutely.
0: But also, that's why you communicate because sometimes we don't see these things coming. Sometimes we don't, we don't have the signs. You know. um
1: The beginning, I did say and give you those huge compliments. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) So, since you are like that, how were you able to get there?
0: Well, I think to be honest with you, I was lucky to have been raised by. You know, my my mother and father kind of (laughs) they had a little bit different tactics on how they wanted to raise us. Maybe like my dad was super open, like he was open kind of about everything pretty much. And um, I mean, obviously, I think there's some things maybe you don't tell your kids, you know, but uh, my mom was more so she didn't want to. She didn't want me knowing everything that was going on in the relationship. Basically, my dad, however, kind of would tell us what was going on. My dad was super open. Um, not most men are kind of not like my father. My father is very—he's uh, an emotional and a passionate person. Whereas most guys, like his fa- his father, so my granddad was more. Yeah, he, he didn't talk about his feelings at all. He was very strict, um, which I'm not saying is a bad thing, but he was strict you know he was old school he's traditional um whereas my father we just had this open relationship to where I was able to tell him like I remember like getting in trouble a couple times and he was the first person I would call to like tell him like hey I screwed up I did this instead of like worrying about the trouble that I was gonna be in like I needed help I needed like someone to talk to that I trusted that, you know, was able to get feedback from directly and know that I wasn't going to be like judged. And even if maybe I didn't make the right decision, he would let me know that. But he would also be supportive and me kind of not talk-
1: scold you talking any. to him about yeah. it.
0: Yeah. Which my mom, uh, I, lo- I love my mom. We obviously have a great relationship, but she was more so didn't want everything to be known in the family, if that makes sense. She was like... More so, me and your dad's relationship is our relationship. You know, it's doesn't have anything to do with... You guys don't need to know everything. Whereas my dad told me everything. So, <laughs> um, and so i
1: So, he clearly created that safe space for you. Because a child wouldn't know that they are able to do that. Unless it is obviously spoken or, you know, acknowledged. Like, hey, you can tell me anything. Like, mm-hmm. I will not scold you or you won't get in trouble. Clearly your dad was right in that sense of he like opened up that space and said you are pretty much welcome here. You know what I mean? Yeah. No no matter how you are, no matter what way you come in, no matter what you do, you're welcome here. Whereas I think most parents do not create that open safe space for their children. They create barriers and they create if you do this, you are bad, or you do not do this, or you'll, you will suffer the consequences, you know?
0: Yeah, there was a lot of compassion, I would say from him. So I think that compassion allowed me to run to him when I was in trouble, or, you know, I was allowed, I was allowed to tell him what was wrong. As uh, other kids, it's like, you're not going to call your dad for the for when you get in trouble or you get caught doing something your your dad isn't typically the first one you call to bail you out of trouble or to say hey I need help it's like it's usually you call your mom mm-hmm. or you call you know Someone, someone, else. Yeah, someone else besides your parents yeah but yeah I, when I was younger too when I was in elementary school I had a counselor when I was in middle school I had a counselor um I became a counselor's aide so I've always been around these people that are looking to help other people so kind of I insp- I was inspired by them to to be open with my feelings I mean I think, it, and it is hard, like it's it's a daily thing. It's um, one of the people that I really look up to, he says, you know, I wake up, I'm an inherently negative thinking person, but I've created these tools and found these systems that I put in place that I have to utilize every single day to get me back to that normal headspace. And so the, the biggest one for me, and I think you you know this and you you've noticed this in me is wake up and work out and I did that for so long you remember not too long ago I probably put a string of like I don't know 25 like almost 30 days a ro- in a row of like working out really hard in the morning time and then the one day I didn't go I was just like blah just you're like in a pissy I was mood. In a bad mood and you're <laughs> like Tyler you got to find another way to <laughs> you know to handle that stuff and you're right you're right about that it's the working out it does it helps uh cure that negative self-talk but also kind of tames the beast so like when you're exhausted after your workout and for me that's kind of like the hardest part of my day i'm like all right well i just made this day hard on myself and i conquered it now it's all like downhill from here now if somebody wants to be uh, a dick to me in traffic or you know i just kind of it's like water off a duck's back because i know that pff, they're not giving me any challenge that i haven't already handled today and so you
1: set the the bar high first thing, and then
0: yeah, I just I just find a way to kill that negative self talk, like, and then I realize like, I'm I'm getting after it way more than most people, and I think I think kind of that's where it starts is is physical exertion is good to relieve that stress and that negative self talk.
1: Okay. So you've gotten, you know, you were raised obviously by a very compassionate dad. You've had, I know you've told me you've had good coaches, you've had Mm -hmm. good counselors. So have you just always been someone that shares their feelings right when you have feelings? Like you don't bottle them up?
0: No, I would say that that's obviously something I've had to work on, but I think as you know, recently, like pretty, like within the last two or three years, I've learned how to be kind of open with everybody. Um, I don't really have anything to hide. I don't have any like skeletons, like the bad stuff I've done in my life. Uh, that was in my past. And I I did that stuff and I've admitted to that stuff. And I've learned that that stuff that I've done, whatever, you know, whatever bad that I may have done, that guilt and shame, Guilt and regret are our guidelines. You know, that's one of my favorite quotes is guilt and regret are our guidelines. So if you're constantly doing that stuff that is giving you shame and guilt, then that should give you that sick feeling. And you don't want that sick feeling anymore. You don't want to be sick. Steer clear of that stuff that gives you guilt and shame and you'll be all right.
1: So obviously everyone goes through hard times and, you know, you've had your share of hard times. So what do you think was your biggest lessons in those? And then how did you handle and manage those?
0: That's a a deep question. I just think like, I just think
1: this is the problem with men is they don't, they go through all this stuff and they don't come out the other side almost. It gets worse and worse and worse and worse. And and obviously I, I believe shame is a psychological killer (laughs) like it digs its claws into every area of your life it eventually makes you retract back into yourself you suppress so many things down can literally cause physical illness like the worst mental thought I mean it just and because you like you just said you're like I've done wrong and I've admitted to it I think people don't admit the wrong they've done or if they have done wrong they don't admit it was wrong it's like people might know about it but they don't own up to it, so take responsibility, which I think you have, so I think, like, your one of your favorite books is Extreme Ownership, so yeah, maybe just, like, taking ownership of
0: what you've done. But- to be able to talk about those things that you've done wrong, and, like, for me, there's been recent events that have happened in my family that, um, you know, they could really, like, wreck somebody, they could really hurt somebody, but sometimes you gotta say, you know, this, people think, Oh, this stuff has happened to me. This has happened to me. It's not happening to you. It's happening for you. You have to change your mindset around that. It's like we're all going through some stuff and how you bounce back or how you, you know, you fall down, you stand back up. It's how you react to the situation. So sometimes I like put myself uh, out of my body. It's like an out-of-body experience as far as This isn't me. This is just my vessel. And these are the things that are going on in my life. And these things are happening for me, not to me.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's like such a small shift. But if everyone thought that way, it's really hard to say that in the moment. (laughs) I know it's really hard for me. Like When
0: when I'm going
1: through something, it's like, why is this happening? Mm -hmm. But like intellectually, I know that it's happening for me. But when you're in the thick of it, it's really hard to see it, obviously. But when you're out the other side, it's like, oh you're in the rapids and you're like in whitewater rapids and you're, you know where you are and you know that it's freaking hard and you know, yeah. you're trying to get out. But then when you get out of it and you're like you on this back, crystal clear river and you're just smooth sailing,
0: you look back and you're like, Man, yeah, yeah. That's like kind that. of exciting. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and that was all happening to get to like, to the the to clear the, river, the peaceful to the, place. Yeah, to the peaceful place. So,
0: yeah, I know that, um, I have a couple of really good friends of mine and, um, we had a friend back home, a uh, good-looking dude, funny dude. Um, I mean, I, I wasn't friends with him at the time. but This is a kid that I played against in sports, and he worked in the same place where all my friends worked. Anyway, he's, he took his life, and a couple of my friends that were there during that time, I think they're really traumatized from those situations, and I think that they haven't even been able to open up to me about it, which I'm really good friends with them, so they stuff that down and they don't even realize that that stuff could be bothering them now. And so I think
1: or affecting their lives. Yeah. Like and, without judgment, how do you think their lives have gone since
0: then? I think that they're scared. They're scared to have deep connections with, um, other guys, you know, because they've, they've lost somebody that was so important to them, somebody that they looked up to. And I think for them, it's really hard to, make these deeper connections with people and i think if you're able to deal with it whether it's going to talk to a professional or just kind of keeping that that person keeping that person in your thoughts and and talking about it like if you're able to talk about it more and more then it becomes kind of a little a little less hurt you know it becomes something that you're not scared to talk about it's um
1: I think most men think of the, talking about their feelings as a weakness.
0: Yeah, because you're kind of taught from an early age or, or a lot of guys are like, you know, yeah, toughen up. You're a man, like, you know. And I, and
1: then they probably weren't given a safe space to talk. So, right. like, you're out here with your arms open. You're like, I've had that. I've had that. I've had that. I know what it feels like to, to have that space to go to. So they probably don't have that. I think they know that they could talk to you
0: yeah
1: but there's this um obviously a wall It's just holding them back it's not familiar it's not familiar to them and they don't know how to do it how can we as a society give people more of that open safe space to talk I think is like one of the biggest most important things I didn't have that at all so I know that I try to be that for people like I don't I really don't have any judgment towards anyone like if anyone could tell me anything and Mm -hmm. my feelings would be the exact same towards them. But I don't think most people have that I think most people's love is conditional most people even if they don't see it if they don't know they're purposely doing it subconsciously they're trying to manipulate and control other people and their feelings and control their feelings and i just think people have this conditional sense of love it's like you have to do this for me to do this for you anyway that's like a whole other topic but so what as a man are some tips that you would give to other men on how to to do this to release the shame of talking and opening up about your feelings and then getting into a better place emotionally where you feel like you're grounded and you're centered and like you said you don't feel like you have any skeletons in your closet
0: yeah first off like I said guilt and regret are our guidelines so simply don't do things that you're gonna regret because that just makes you feel like even a worse person but my advice would be start getting up earlier when you do get up earlier do your meditation your journaling write out your feelings I mean writing your feelings out on a piece of paper it'll really surprise you that when you write it out and you see it and you can go back and look on how you were feeling and that might not be like talking to a professional which is also really good you need to find a coach we all need a coach straight up like whether it's for physical mental whatever your your job is we all look at somebody that's doing what we're doing and we we want that or we need their help and so to to reach out for help or to reach out for a coach is a huge step in the right direction because you're admitting like I can't do all this on my own and none of us can really do all of this on our own we have to have a little bit of help another thing is gratitude you know gratitude obviously is everything I had a a counselor for a while and her name was Valerie and I was in a class with a bunch of other men and honestly being in this group of of people it really made me it made me realize that like i'm not a bad person i'm a normal dude but also like i'm loyal i'm honest i'm caring and being around some of these other men that had these really kind of bad stories on how they treated other people it kind of made me feel like you know what i'm not far off from where i want to be and i can get there and I will get there. But hearing other people's stories, it made me think, man, mine's not that bad. I thought my situation was super hard, or I thought my situation was like the worst. But once I heard other people tell me their stories and either how they were treated or how they were treating other people, I was like, man, I'm I'm doing okay. And I mean, not that you should compare yourself to other people. They say, comparison is is the thief of joy. But, you know, that does kind of give you a little benchmark of what other people are going through. So to be able to to reach out to someone and say, hey, I need help or just to be able to bounce ideas off of somebody, whether it's relationships or mental or, you know, whatever your your hobby or your career is, if you have other people in those fields that are doing the things that you're doing or that you want to do uh that's who you should look to for advice you know take advice from those people that are where you want to be
1: yeah there's just so many lost men out there yeah what do you think happens by men not working on themselves what do you what do you think eventually well, usually
0: they get a beer belly
1: <laughs>
0: a big gut
1: okay well, where does that <laughs> stem from you keep peeling
0: that yeah not loving yourself I mean keep
1: peeling on you not loving obviously yourself
0: we all have different genetics but it's like when you look at yourself in the mirror if you don't like what you see then that's the start being real with yourself looking in the mirror and say damn I'm fat or damn I'm not where I used to be well why aren't you where you used to be it's like well I've let myself go well I'm busy well you know what everybody's busy I, I hear that all the time I'm busy like I don't have time it's like Dude, we all get 24 hours in the day. And like like the person I look up to, Wes, he says, we're all doing a life sentence. And we are, we're all doing a life sentence. Whether you're incarcerated or you're out in the free world, we all have you know the same amount of hours in the day. So if you're not taking care of yourself, then it's gonna come back to haunt you.
1: Just tell the story of the guy you met that got in a fight at Disney World.
0: Okay. Yeah. I forgot about that. I'm <laughs> glad you brought that up. I was like trying to think I was like, "Who?" yeah, I met this guy. Um,
1: he tells me all of his stories and then I remember
0: <laughs> yeah. them for him. Yeah. Cause I, I get so many stories like that, like all yeah. the time hearing about how basically like people look at a picture of themselves of how they used to look. Yeah. So I met this dude, um, when I was bartending and he was with a group of people and, he told me that was like, you know, he hadn't drank in like eight or nine months and was like on this really healthy kick. Well, the reason why he was on this healthy kick is because he was at Disney World with his family and his wife and maybe a couple kids. And they were there with another group. And he said they were kind of getting sloshed, you know, getting, getting hammered. And, uh, him and his buddy got into it and he said, I just caused the scene. Like I just, and he, this dude was a big dude. Like he was, He was a big guy and um, I can only imagine him causing a scene at Disney World, you know, and and he he said that when he went back to the hotel, like I think it was maybe the next morning or whatever, he woke up and looked at himself in the mirror and he said he just looked like shit. And he was like, man, I'm so embarrassed for my family, like. For me to behave like that and to see my body and to see what it looks like. And he said, this is it. Like, you know, I'm, I'm giving up this alcohol for a little while and I'm, I'm going to change my life. And so he gave up alcohol. He started hitting the weights, hitting the gym and he transformed his body. And I could tell he was proud of it. Like, that's what was cool about it. He, he's telling me this, he's showing me pictures, he's showing me before and after pictures. Like, that's how you know that it, like he was proud If you're posting stuff on social media, whether it's your gym pics or your whatever, good. Like, good. Show those people. like, Because if you keep doing that and you keep posting and people are watching your progress and they see your story and they see you changing, you might affect one person. Like, you might change somebody's mind. You might just affect somebody else in a positive way. And that dude, like, I mean, you remember the story. So, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously it sticks in your mind.
1: And now we're sharing it on this podcast where a lot of people are going to hear it. So... That one, that his one decision is like might create this ripple effect that he doesn't even know. Yeah, and what's going to happen? He
0: was there with his friends, but he was me and him were talking for like thirty minutes, and he showed me pictures and like the fact that he's able to say, "Dude, I need some help," and to change his mindset and to change his body, and uh, you could tell that meant so much to him mm-hmm. and it meant a lot to me that he's able to share that so what is that that gives me energy because i'm like dang this dude's out here killing it. Well my next gym session i better be killing it too or you know what if or before i want to have a drink i think about that guy mm-hmm. and what he had to go through so i don't want to cause a scene at disney either you know
1: <laughs> talk about vices
0: yeah vices that's a big one like and vices can be you know it doesn't it doesn't matter for for men or women they're like They're all different to each person. But I think the biggest one that I see uh, my friends' vices is drinking, like we were talking about. When you start drinking, typically you're going to maybe get into some stuff that you would not get into if you weren't drinking. That drinking is going to lower your guard a little bit. And when you lower your guard, you allow more devilish things to come in, you know. And that's you let that evil come in once you. Yeah, that might lead to other drugs, other substances, which when you wake up in the morning, you feel like shit. You, you sleep in, you, your sleep's not as good, you're tossing and turning, you wake up, you look in the mirror, you miss your workout, your workout isn't as good. So I would say the drinking, the smoking, um, and for a lot of guys, women are a vice. Ooh. No, seriously, <laughs> it is. It's a big one, and it's just, it's just as important as... The, you know, no drugs or drinking or, I mean, I think obviously, I think you need to enjoy your life, but I think if, if it's you're, just
1: about if something else has control over you, like yeah. you have to, it has to be flipped, it has to be you control, like even for you said, a woman can be um, a man's vice, mm-hmm. and that's only true if he's controlled by her or if he's controlled by her behaviors or, or lets what she says get to him, you know, I think you have to be so solid in yourself first. And then, sure, if you want to go have a drink, you can have a drink. But I think for most people, it's like if they have one, they can't control themselves. Mm-hmm. Or if they have a girlfriend, they immediately jump in and get emotionally bonded or trauma mm-hmm. bonded or whatever. And then that they become their whole world. I mean, I guess the word for this is like detachment from all things. Like you don't need to have attachment to to anything really,
0: mm-hmm.
1: everything is just coming and going and ebbing and flowing. <laughs>
0: moderation is key. Yeah,
1: everything in moderation. You have to be so strong and solid in yourself first, mm-hmm. and then you're the puppet master. And as opposed to alcohol being the puppet master like or to you, you are the puppet master and I you, like have, you have the strings. Yeah, I like that
0: analogy. So
1: you can move the strings however you want. <laughs> you're yeah. in control.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, vices are a big one. If you're able to cut out your vices, yeah, you can literally do anything. I think even for, I know for young men, um, and young men and women having access to the internet and pornography is another one that's just so abundant that it's, um, you know, anybody can do that at any time. And like, like we were talking about moderation is key in all these things, but being able to completely restrict yourself of all those things is, is going to take you far if you can really mm-hmm. cut all those things out then you can do you know whatever it is that you want to do yeah and and that's another thing is mental diet or um you can talk about physical diet all you want like what you consume as far as your food and that can make you physically feel like crap from what you eat and what you put into your body but can also feel like crap from the mental stuff that you see that you do, whether it's for me, me, this is going to sound crazy. I don't know. I've never really talked to you about this one, but mental diet, like I listen to rap music. Like I love rap music and sometimes I listen to it and I'm like, gosh, I got to change this because a lot of it is... Obviously negative. (laughs) Well, it comes from... (laughs) <laughs> there's a lot of feelings in rap music and they come, you know, a lot of them are speaking about these hard times that they've been through or, or their side of their, their life, you know, in the hood or their, their life. How many
1: people they kill. Or, or, yeah,
0: exactly. Violence. Yeah. Violence. And, and, and even though I like rap music and I do <laughs> listen to it, oftentimes I'll catch myself going, all right, I need to change it to yeah. like a happier song yeah, or like exactly. something that's a little bit more appropriate because the f- I've done this a lot, like wake up early in the morning, drive to the gym, throw on some 21 Savage, <laughs> which
1: naturally I, I,
0: I like 21, but it's like...
1: Yeah, when I'm in the car that early in the morning and you turn that yeah, on, I'm just like
0: yeah and Stop. so so sometimes i have to have to think like dude all right it's only 6 a.m or it's only 7 a.m like got the whole rest of the yeah. day to to listen to that stuff so i should probably start with something that's a little bit more friendly a little bit more inspiring uh, a little bit more relaxing and not get all that negativity so he turns uh, on that...
1: kids bop
0: no not that <laughs> either not oh, that stuff either. I no. saw
1: that CD in your car. No, Kids Bop seventy five. Maybe some
0: like F K J or some like Ratata or some <laughs> instrumental music, yeah. like maybe some instrumental music with no lyrics, so that you're able to yeah, kind same. of think, you know. But yeah, it's it's a mental diet is just as important as your physical diet.
1: So all these things we've talked about what what's the benefit? What will happen when men start to open up, share their feelings? create a safe space for other men to do the same um, have that mental diet, get rid of their vices like okay what's the
0: I don't even think it has to do with, it's it can be men and women and yeah, you know but... like you told me you know we've talked about this like you have your story and your story is important and when you share that story, all these women have come forward trying to contact you like you've inspired other people to want to tell their story to share their story and that's what it's going to do when I open up and I talk about all these things that have happened in my life and how I'm able to cope with them or deal with them I might get a few other people that are going to be like dude this is what happened to me or like how did you deal with this and if I'm able to coach them on that then that reiterates what I've learned then they learn that then when one of their friends Mm -hmm. is going through the same thing they coach them through that and that's that's kind of the gift that keeps on giving really is is um being able to handle those situations and deal with that stuff and provide for someone and then they're going to be able to provide for somebody so that's so
1: that's the benefit yeah yeah I yeah i agree i just thought about this the other day just how, like, hundreds of thousands of people have heard everything about my life. So it's like, how, there, there's no way I could have any shame because so many people know about everything. So, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. I, and I think I congratulated you on that. Like, I was listening to one of your podcasts one day and I thought, man, like, okay, you're able to share your story like that. Like, you got to have balls.
1: <laughs> but,
0: yeah no I mean, you, I mean I don't, but, but yeah.
1: I do at the same time.
0: but you really have to be able to be comfortable with yourself to share every single thing that's happened and to be open with it.
1: But that's the thing is I wasn't always like that. I thought by not sharing that was strength <laughs> it yeah. was complete opposite. yeah, and that's what everyone needs to know. I'm not this isn't this hopefully every man that's listening to this like cross the board as a human being, not male, female balls no balls
0: I think it's important to say if you're a man right now and you're struggling in your life whether it's in your relationship your weight uh, depression anxiety any of that stuff other people have been through that as well you need Everyone's to, been through Yeah that. so you need to first off admit admit that in the mirror look at yourself in the mirror and admit that then you need to go find someone that you look up to that you can talk to and you need to talk to them about it one on one and then you know, or a professional or, or whatever it is. And then you need to find your group and you find your group of people that, because um, everybody wants to be a part of something. I think that helps a lot too. I, I just keep reflecting and, and thinking about uh, Twitch and, and these other people that have taken their lives. And I just think that, you know, it's uh, it's a really, a tr- it's a tragedy that these people are going to have to go on without their fathers or without their, you know... Um, a very important person in their life. And uh, compassion and love and being open with, with each other is the only way that we're all going to get through it together. Yeah.
1: And I think as much as he was around other people and had um, obviously millions of fans, he had primetime TV, like all this stuff. He was clearly very
0: lonely. And well, We were talking that, about that. Yeah. There's a
1: difference between being literally lonely and then inner loneliness we can
0: see that as man that guy's got it all but maybe that's the pressure that's pressure from that was hard for him to be in front of all those people and to try to deal with all those fans because i know if i i enjoy my life that i'm living i know if i was in front of that many people all the time i think that it would be hard on me and i that's why i have to have these tools and that's why i have to have a person to talk to to coach me through mm-hmm. those feelings and those emotions and you have to also know that that's okay and that yeah. that's not a bad thing to have somebody help you through that
1: so speaking of coach and speaking of groups yes. and communities you want to share your news
0: yeah the first <laughs> of the year in january we'll start uh probably january 1st right after new year's okay so i'm going to try to take five guys uh that need my help that need a coach and we're going to help try to transform their life. And we're going to do a little three-month program, a little 90-day reset. Before I even had this idea, you know, I've always wanted to help people out. But yeah, we're going to take five guys. Uh, We're going to coach them through some physical exercises as well as some some mental exercises. Uh, We'll bring in a couple other coaches to help guide these people in the right direction. We're going to develop some really good habits, and it's going to set these people up for success. And I think that You know, once we get the first group of guys going and and they see how beneficial it is to their life, I think it's going to keep the ball rolling. But yeah, I'm going to take five guys and I'm going to help coach... uh coach them to be in a better place, to be honest with you.
1: Awesome. I'm so excited to see you do that. I feel like people already come up to you and all the time and ask you for help. And I, I might have influenced you a little bit, but I was like, you need to. Yeah, sometimes
0: I'm a little quiet.
1: You need to create something from this. Like this needs to be shared. I think you have so many tools and knowledge and just the way you conduct your life, I think is very inspirational. Oh, so Thank you. I'm excited for you. Yeah, I'm excited and to help other people. Claim to be your spot. Or even if you're a woman listening to this and you know your man
0: mm-hmm.
1: could use some help. Maybe he'll open it up for ten spots. We'll see. Depends on
0: yeah, I mean, how serious people are about changing or wanting to change. Yeah, I just know that I've this is a you know, going to be a new thing for me. But this is something I've always wanted to do. I've always wanted to help people. And I feel like within the last couple of years, I've really made the strides enough to uh, really learn this knowledge. And now I want to implement in helping other people because I've made my own journey and transformation. And I know there's other guys out there that look at me and like they think, oh, he's got it going on. I want what he's got. And that's cool. I'm going to coach you and tell you how to get it. But I'm not going to coach from a mountaintop. I'm, I'm right here with you. I'm, I'm a human as well. I have vices. Um, I've made mistakes, but I also have the tools to uh, keep me aligned and keep me straight. And I'm going to share them with people.
1: Yay. Oh, that was such a good conversation. Thanks, babe.
0: Oh, thanks for having me. Did you like it? Yeah, it's fun.
1: All right, let's let's all do better. I think obviously collectively as humans we could do better. This isn't about male or female. Men aren't doing their part. Women aren't doing their part. And everyone has a part to part to play. So let's all do better. And sharing your story, or sh- even even taking the first step, and maybe you don't have a full story yet, but you want to have a story. But you can't have a story without the first step, and that is admission that is seeking help and then slowly stripping away the things that aren't serving your life and and doing better. And then you'll have a story to tell. And then you might meet a bartender at a bar and you might share pictures of yourself Mm -hmm. and say how proud you are of yourself for looking in the mirror that one last time as that person and and changing your life. It's
0: okay to be proud. It's okay to share your journey. It's Mm -hmm. okay to share it because you might inspire someone else to start theirs.
1: Yep. All right. Signing off. Bye, guys. Say
0: bye. Peace. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery.